As Rex said before Mass, last Friday, the Universal Church celebrated the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. We have chosen the option to move this celebration of the feast to a Sunday so that we can celebrate together throughout this Sunday the, the patronal feast of our parish. It's a local solemnity, the highest celebration of Mass, which means we gather to thank God for the gifts and the graces that he has given to those who are devoted to Our Lady of Mount Carmel at our parish. The roots of our patronal feast go back to the Old Testament at the time of Elijah. In the years past, I painstakingly retold the story of Elijah from the Old Testament on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It is a great story connected to the Carmelite order, but I noticed that I was losing people. Like, Father, get on with it. When is the part about Our Lady of Mount Carmel? Get to the point. So this year, I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. The prophet Elijah lived 900 years before Christ and 2,000 years before the first members of the Carmelite order gathered on Mount Carmel, a beautiful mountain range rich in biblical history that overlooks the Mediterranean Sea in northern Israel. I've been there twice myself. And both times I prayed for you as members of this parish. Elijah is part of the Carmelite heritage because he was a prophet. He forcefully ended the worship of false gods and their prophets that angered the Lord. And the Lord allowed a crushing three-year drought for their infidelity. After Elijah was put to death, the 450 false prophets of Baal... He looked for a sign from God. He went up to the slopes of Mount Carmel and eventually saw a small white cloud the size of a person's hand. And he saw in it the announcement that the drought had ended and the relationship was restored, and it was. Rains fell and fell and fell, which reminds me of Indiana in the month of July obedient to the will of God at all costs, and a man of deep prayer, Elijah became the model and the ideal of the Carmelite order. And they saw that little cloud that signaled God's healing love as an image for Our Lady of Mount Carmel, their patroness. She is the messenger of good news and the mother of the Messiah who would guide humanity to her son and to our Savior. One Carmelite brother described Mary as a spiritual lightning rod. That is, she draws God's graces, gifts, and blessings to the earth through her fiat or her yes, and she gives them to us through her son, Jesus Christ. And so, beginning in the 1200s, at the beginning of the Carmelite order, Mary has interceded for her people. And for some 30 years, the hermits lived on Mount Carmel in a simple lifestyle, praying and celebrating the Eucharist together as one family. This simple way of life gathered adherence and spawned tremendous growth that included a large number of idealistic Holy Land pilgrims, crusaders, and ex-crusaders. They expanded into Europe and became medicant friars, that is, begging for their temporal needs and through their example, calling the faithful to simplicity of life that was focused deeply on the Lord. They preached about the sacramental life 
They preached about the love of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and spread devotion to the brown scapula that was promising protection under her mantle for her faithful followers. We will be enrolling people in the brown scapular after, ma- after mass today in celebration of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It is a rich history that produced a Carmelite family of saints, many saints, not the least of which was St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, and St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross in the modern day, a Jewish convert, a Carmelite nun who perished at Auschwitz. As a parish named after the Virgin of Mount Carmel, we are her spiritual descendants. But this history should, should challenge us even today. In other words, if we're just looking back at the past and saying, well, that's nice in some sort of nostalgic way, we're missing the point. But if the past challenges us in the modern day, then the past comes alive in us. And so we're challenged to live the way God is calling us to live in this day, influenced by the unflinching Carmelite fidelity to God, a way that is guided by our Blessed Mother, ever faithful and true to her Son and also to us. Mary was a mystic. A mystic is a person of faith who seeks by contemplation or prayer and self-surrender to obtain unity with God, stronger and stronger unity with God. Mary entrusted herself to God, and she believed that he was present throughout her life, most especially from the day of Gabriel's invitation that we heard in our gospel today. Her fiat speaks of her trust in her mystical encounter with God. Let it be done to me as you say. You know, the 20th century German theologian Karl Rahner believed that Christians in our era would be mystics or be nothing at all. They would be people of faith who seek contemplation and prayer and self-surrender more and more unified with God. In other words, those who are cultural Catholics that are not drawn into a deep abiding relationship weren't going to be able to survive, according to Rahner, as the witness of the gospel becomes more and more countercultural, maybe even an era of martyrdom, going against the grain of the mores and values that the world requires tremendous fidelity to a God who isn't remote from us, but takes up residence in our hearts. We don't have to be told what is happening around us today. It is a difficult and confusing time when the floor beneath us seems to be turning into quicksand. Everything is being called into question, often ridiculously so. And while some despair at some, what some describe as a post-Christian world, we must live from the inside out, that is, prayerfully, with a powerful faith that guides us to the storms of life that are outside of us. Or we might lose our way, and the world needs us to be on that way. It is a renewed way of living the Catholic faith that engages all of us in building faith in our day, much like so many did in previous generations. 
And Mary is our perfect model as she accepted what happened to her, not without processing or trying to figure out what God was doing and saying, but always, always accepting the reality with trust and with hope. In a post-Christian era, in addition to being mystics, following the example of Elijah, we're also called to fulfill our baptismal calling to be prophets, to be prophetic in our troubled world, dispelling false gods, and there are many prophets that are all around us. They call us to be involved in ways our recent religious ancestors were not, and that is good news, for when we do so, we are more authentic examples of our Catholic faith, and we will be light in the darkness. As Catholics, no matter how uncomfortable, we're called to engage the world around us. Implementing Catholic social teaching, for example, that promotes the respect and dignity of every human life. We are called to speak with truly Catholic voices, truly Catholic voices in the public square instead of saying we are Catholic, but then living as we want. That's why we should pray for Catholic politicians throughout our country. Through the intercession of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, we are called to build where there is no love and to promote authentic religious freedom that allows men and women to search for the Lord and find him. That's why we should be praying for Christians in Cuba, for example. So we are called to be contemplative, deeply prayerful, and also prophetic. These are big words that correspond with a life that is fully engaged by the gospel because, in fact, Jesus is who he says he is, leaving us no other option. And mediocrity is not a choice today as we fight against strong worldly forces to build a better and godly world. And Our Lady of Mount Carmel is our inspiration and model. For she was prayerful And she was also strongly prophetic as a woman herself. And she sang the praises of God to Elizabeth, her kinswoman, in the chapter after our gospel reading today, that God is merciful in the Magnificat, siding with the poor and casting down the mighty and building up the lowly. May this also be our song of praise on this feast, so that at our life's end, Jesus will identify us as his faithful followers, echoing the words of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, let it be done unto me according to thy word.